This is the Hasidic Story Project with Barack Holman, podcasting from Jerusalem, Israel. To become a supporter of this podcast, please go to HasidicStory.com. H-A-S-I-D-I-C-Story.com. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. The Holy Rebbe, Reb Naftali Rapshitzer, was once a follower of Reb Mordechai of Neshchiz. Now, everybody knows that a chassid always wants to spend the holidays with their Rebbe. And so the Rapshitzer would always go to the Neshchizer for all of the holidays. One year, Reb Naftali is about to leave after Purim, and Reb Mordechai, his Rebbe, calls him over and says, Do me a favor, Naftali, don't come back here for Pesach. And Reb Naftali, he's shocked, he doesn't understand. He says, what, I'm not going to be with my Rebbe for Pesach? There's no way. But he figured, since Pesach was still four weeks away, he had time to figure out a plan that would get him invited back for the holiday. And so Reb Naftali gave it some thought and he came up with a plan. A few days before Pesach, he returned to Neshchiz and went straight to the kitchen of the Rebetzin because he knew that thousands of people were going to be coming for Pesach and the Rebetzin could use all the help that she could get. Reb Naftali worked in the kitchen and made himself indispensable to Reb Mordechai's wife. And then after several days of working, he said to her, it was such a pleasure working for you, and I can't stop thinking how beautiful and special and holy it would be if I could be here for the holiday of Pesach. I just wish I could be here with you. And the Rebetzin, she looks at him and says, what are you talking about? You're always here for all the holidays. Well, this year, your husband, the Rebbe, he made it clear to me that he doesn't want me around. I'm going to really miss him. And you know, it's so important to me. Maybe you could maybe ask him if it would be okay? If I was here for the Seder, and the Rebetzin understood the hint. So she went to her husband and she said, I mamish need Reb Naftali's help for the Seder. He was such a big help in all the preparations. Please, you have to let him stay. And so the Rebbe, her husband, he said, all right, I got it. If it means so much to you, he can stay. But I'm warning you right now, he's going to make a lot of trouble for me. The morning before Pesach, the whole community got together. And they burned all of their chametz, all of their leavened products, bread, crackers, whatever they had around. And you know, when we're burning the chametz before Pesach, we're not just burning bread. We're really wiping out all of the evil in the world and all of the bad things within ourselves. We're scouring the pot and cleaning ourselves out to the deepest depths of our being. And after all the chametz was burned, the Rapshitzer, he really felt cleaned. And he went to the mikvah, and he put on his beautiful clothes for the Seder. And then he went to the Beit Midrash, to the house of study, in order to learn. And he's sitting there, totally engrossed in his studying, when all of a sudden, he smelled this horrible smell. He looks around, and he sees that there's a schlepper, a poor and ragged, dirty Jew, who had just come in, into the Beit Midrash. And he really smelled bad. The Rapshitzer, he was on a very high level. And he had the ability to distinguish between a good smell and a bad one. And this man, he smelled really, really bad. It wasn't just a physical smell. It was a spiritual smell. It was like he had just done every transgression in the world. And he was just looking for the last transgressions he might have missed in order to do them. The schlepper comes over to Reb Naftali and he says, 
I've come to see the Rebbe. It took all of the Rapshitzer's strength not to hold his nose against the smell. And he thought to himself, there's no way I'm going to let this guy see the Rebbe. My Rebbe, he just cleaned himself and the whole world of every trace of evil. And now this disgusting, smelly schlepper, he wants to ruin all that by being in the presence of the Rebbe? No way. So he said to the schlepper, there's no way in the world I'm taking you to the Rebbe in the condition you're in. You stink, not just physically. I can smell all the transgressions you've done. Your mom is disgusting. Go home, take a bath, burn your chametz, do tshuva, repent for all the wrong things you did, then maybe come back, and maybe I'll let you see the Rebbe. But the way you are now, how do you even have the chutzpah to think of being in the presence of our holy Rebbe? Without another word, the schlepper turned around and walked out of the Beit Midrash. And the Rapshitzer, he went back to his learning, forgetting about the whole thing as if it didn't happen. A few minutes later, the door to the Beit Midrash bursts open. Reb Mordechai Neshchisser, the Rebbe, is standing in the room. He looks at Reb Naftali and he says, Did anyone just come in here? And he was almost out of breath from running into the Beit Midrash. And the Rebbe, he seemed really anxious. He seemed really on edge. But Naftali didn't even notice and he said, Eh, nobody that would be worth mentioning to you. The Rebbe looked at Reb Naftali angrily. I didn't ask you if there was anyone who you thought was worth knowing. I asked you, and I'm asking you again, did anyone, anyone at all, just come into this Beit Midrash? Reb Naftali still didn't get it. He said, well, you know, now that you mention it, there was this disgusting schlepper who had such a disgusting smell, and he was such a disgusting person. The Rebbe was besides himself. Gewalt! I knew this would happen! That's why I told you you couldn't be here for Pesach. What did you do? What was I supposed to do? Let somebody like that be in the presence of the Rebbe? There's no way, so I threw him out. Now the Rebbe's face was burning with rage. He was so angry that his voice quivered. He looked at the Rapshatzer right in the eye and he said, If you don't find me that man and bring him back to me, I never want to see you again. The Rapshatzer, he didn't understand what's going on. All he wanted to do was protect the Holy Rebbe. I mean, was that such a bad thing? But he thought he's going to lose his Rebbe over this. And he didn't even understand what was going on. He ran out of the Beit Midrash. He ran all over the city looking for the schlepper. And finally, he found him in the local tavern, completely drunk. If he thought that he smelled before, he smelled a lot worse now. And he looked worse than he had before. But this time, Reb Naftali spoke with him with such respect, as if he were the holiest person in the world. My sweetest friend, please forgive me the way I treated you. I'm so sorry. I wasn't paying attention, really. Please come back with me to the Holy Rebbe now. I'll personally take you to see him. But the schlepper didn't even lift up his eyes to look at Reb Naftali. He didn't want anything to do with somebody who had insulted him like that. And for sure he wasn't going anywhere with Reb Naftali. So he ignored him and went back to his drinking. Reb Naftali tried again, Listen, my sweetest friend, let me tell you the truth. The Heilige Reb Mordechai, my Rebbe, he really wants to see you. And he's so angry at me for kicking you out. If I don't bring you back, he'll never speak with me again. So please, I'm begging you, please come back with me. But the schlepper, he wouldn't budge. So the Rapshitzer had no choice. He was a big guy. And he picked up the schlepper, despite the smell, 
despite his bad feelings towards him, put him over his shoulder and carried him all the way back to the Rebbe. The Rebbe was overjoyed to see the Schlepper. He hugged him and kissed him. And he said, where have you been? I've been waiting for you for so long. Gewalt, am I happy to see you? And suddenly he remembered that Reb Naftali was also standing there. But if Reb Naftali expected the Rebbe to thank him, he was mistaken. The Rebbe said to him, you can go now. And then he put his arm around the schlepper and led him into his house. All Pesach, the Rebbe was so cold and distant to Reb Naftali. But the schlepper, he was always by the Rebbe's side. And he looked like a totally different person because he'd taken a bath, gone to the mikvah, and was wearing a new bekeshe, a new silk robe, and a beautiful strimal. He was mamish shining from one end of the world to the other. When Pesach was over, the Rebbe calls Reb Naftali into his private room. All right, Naftali, I'm going to explain to you what happened here. You see, this man was not always a disgusting schlepper. As a matter of fact, he used to be my top student. What a level he was on. His learning, his character traits, his davening. He himself could have been a great Rebbe, but he's only human, just like all of us. And sadly enough, once he made a big mistake, he knew that I was aware of what he'd done and he was so ashamed to be in my presence. So he left my court without saying a word and never had the courage to come back. And after that, it was just downhill all the way for him. He figured he'd done one transgression, what, why not do another, and another, and another. Time went by, but I never stopped thinking about this student. And on Purim, I davened all day that Hashem should bring him back to me, just for one moment. And the master of the universe, he had compassion on me. And I saw, with my prophetic vision, that he would come here the day before Pesach. But I also saw that you would be learning in the Beit Midrash when he arrived and that you would throw him out. I knew that when this man decided to come to me, he considered it his last chance. He thought, if the Holy Rebbe accepts me, without saying anything about what I did in the past, that will be my sign that my transgressions have been forgiven in heaven, and I'll stay by the Rebbe. But if any of us Hasidim judge me harshly and send me away, I'll know that in heaven I'm still guilty. I'll leave the Rebbe's court and never come back again. And that's why I told you, Reb Naftali, that you can't be here for Pesach. I wanted you out of the way. And now you understand why. You were so quick to judge the schlepper. You almost robbed this person of the chance that Hashem gave him to be whole again. You know, my sweetest friends, we always have to be so careful. Many times when we meet people, and we don't like the way they look, we don't like the way they smell, we want to turn them away. But instead, we have to welcome everyone with an open heart and open hands. Say, my sweetest friend, I'm so happy to see you. Because when you meet someone, you'll never know. It might be his last chance. It might be the last chance for that person to come back.
Thank you for listening, my sweetest friends. There's a new episode of my other podcast, Jewish People and Ideas, with Mimi Fagelson. Here's the introduction to the episode. Mimi Fagelson, also known as Reb Mimi, is the Mashpia Ruchanit, spiritual mentor of the Shechter Rabbinical School in Jerusalem, where she also teaches Talmud and Hasidic thought. She served in the same position for 16 years at the Ziegler School of Rabbinic Studies in Los Angeles. Born in the United States, Mimi moved to Israel at age 8 and began studying with Rabbi Shlomo Karlbach at 15. In 1994, she was ordained by Rabbi Karlbach. In a secret ceremony, she became the first Orthodox female rabbi since the Holocaust. This was only made public in 2001. Still, 20 years later, the Orthodox Jewish community is challenged when it confronts the growing number of female Orthodox rabbis. She was also the associate director of the popular Yakar Synagogue and Beit Midrash in Jerusalem and its Rosh Beit Midrash Lenashim, the women's learning program. I sat down with Mimi in her apartment in Jerusalem to discuss her experience as a spiritual mentor for American and Israeli Jews. What it's like to be the public figure, Reb Mimi, her time with Reb Shlomo Karobach, and many deep answers to simple questions. To hear the rest of the episode, please go to jewishpeopleideas.com or wherever you listen to podcasts, search for Barack Holman, B-A-R-A-K-H-U-L-L-M-A-N, and you'll see the interview with Mimi. You can find it on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, YouTube, Facebook, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you very much.